On today's show, our special guest is Joel Gameron, Sur La Table's national chef. We have lots of calendar items and news from around town and, naturally, an opinion or two. It's all coming up next on the Seattle Dining Show. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Esquin Wine and Spirits. Drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world, as well as local and international spirits, all procured by their expert staff. Is your wine collection ready for a new home? Esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature-controlled environment. Visit their website at madwine.com today. Hello, this is Duke Mosgrave from Duke's Chowder House, and welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to the November Seattle Dining Show, number 1711. I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, Publisher of Seattle Dining. Hello, everybody. And you know, um, it's one of those shows where what Brian said when we opened up the show isn't true. We're not in the test kitchen today. We're at somebody else's test kitchen. Exactly. We are kind of in a test kitchen. We are down in the Soda District in a conference room at the Sir Latab main office. And uh, so you can hear, like, uh, there's another conference room next to us, and every once in a while you'll hear somebody mumbling maybe. And uh, I, I think because it's, it's Friday, hopefully it's not Black Friday, hopefully everybody's not getting their last checks over here. We don't know what's going on. If it gets loud, just I'm just going to say, ignore the man behind the curtain, and you know what that means. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that means. It's but. from Wizard of Oz. Ignore the man behind the curtain. Oh, yeah. Okay. I um, thought you were talking about George Bush. Oh, God. Oh. He wasn't behind a curtain. That's the sad part. <laughs> well, we, um, interestingly, if you don't know this, most of you listening are from Seattle, so you know this, but Sir Latab is from Seattle. They started at the Pike Place Market. As large as they are now, they still have roots right here. Back in 1972, and they're celebrating their 45th year. Seriously, I didn't know that. Because I can see a little sign on the chalkboard across oh. the hall that says celebrating 45 oh. years. And I also know when they gave us their Wi-Fi password, it had something to do oh. with 1972. So It's called reading and thinking. I, I don't know. I can't always follow you. Yeah, I'm a detective, so I, I get these things. Detective Tom. So our monthly discussion this time, I, in a fit of loving Seattle, I was just poking around on the, on the World Wide Web looking for trends, food trends. And what came up for 2017 was the National Restaurant Association did a bunch of interviews. I mean, it was like 1,300 or something with chefs and restaurants. Really? To come up with 20 hot new food trends this year. So <laughs> I did not, like, make n- note of 20 of them. But some of the ones that are there um, were new cuts of meat, street food-inspired dishes, healthful kids' meals, House-made charcuterie, sustainable seafood, house-made condiments, and heirloom fruits and vegetables. I had never heard of any of these before. Yes, this is my point exactly. I don't know if it's just that I love Seattle and the Northwest so much, but it seems to me we've been doing this for a long time. 
The and new I've cuts. heard all of these. Oh, for years. For years, for like a decade. On you know, like uh, hanger and flank steak. That's been popular for yeah. I think fifteen years. I just put that stuff in there. They just said new cuts of meats, but I'm thinking I've been seeing that on menus here forever. The street food inspired dishes. Babar's been doing it. Tycoon's been doing it. So many more do street food. Uh, healthful kids meals. I, I don't have a clue. I don't have children, and and you know. Okay, I got I got a cut of meat for you. This is a new cut of meat. Oh, okay. Okay. You know how they got the uh, the leg of lamb, and yeah. they've had it forever. Okay. I mean forever. Yeah. Have you ever been to a restaurant where they served you a leg of cow? No. No. That sounds like a That's new cut of beef to me. That's because it's called something else, probably. One one time years ago, I have to say, I was watching TV and there was a comedian on. And he was talking about how his family needed to cut back, and they were uh, buying cheaper cuts of meat like chicken face. And it's just oh, geez. <laughs> it's supposed to be funny. It was a comedian. Right. I still laugh about it. Chicken face. Chicken face. The new, uh, less expensive cut of meat. That sounds like salmon jaws or <laughs> well, salmon cheeks. Yeah. Yeah. Halibut cheeks. Halibut cheeks. Hmm. Huh. But yeah, so the new cuts of meat seems not new. Street food-inspired dishes, certainly not new here, and I don't think in a lot of places. No, but I have seen, uh, like, there's a new Thai restaurant down by my house that just opened up, and they have on their menu, they have a whole column of street food. Yeah. Well, and um, Oropin, when they opened Little O, the bar Uh next door, they put a, a special menu in there, and it's Thai street food. Yeah, that's where the chicken face comes from. No, that is not where the chicken face The night face market comes. chicken face. <laughs> night market chicken face. I'm telling you, if I saw that on Halloween, I'd be terrified. Night Health, market chicken face. Healthful kids' meals, which means that up until this point, we've been feeding your children nothing yeah. but garbage. But you know what? Even McDonald's gives apple slices. They're probably chemically enhanced or something, but that doesn't seem new. I think they did it under duress. And then, yeah, they, they did. Well, just like they came up with that yogurt parfait, but it's full of sugar. Yeah. Um, house-made charcuterie. I'm thinking Adam Stevenson W Hotel a long time ago. I, house-made charcuterie is not new, certainly in this area. No. I, I've seen it. What's the uh, 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 stone, stone burner? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they get the house-made charcuterie right when you walk yeah, in the door. they're slicing that stuff right there. Yep. Sustainable seafood. Well, Blue Acre's been doing it forever. Most of the main fish houses have been trying to do sustainable to some extent mm-hmm. forever. That's, that doesn't seem new. Well, and before there was Blue Acre, there was Steelhead, and they were doing sustainable. Yeah. yeah. And, right and now, Dukes. You know, if you go back in our archive, we have articles about sustainable yeah. seafood. And look at Dukes. Yeah. You know... But I don't know how long Dukes has been on the sustainable seafood yeah. wagon. If there is a sustainable it's, seafood wagon. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sustainable <laughs> seafood canoe. Um, at least, certainly more than a year for a hot new trend. And then house-made condiments. Josh, H- Josh Henderson was doing the bacon jam that Oprah made famous. Brenda McGill's got that funnel onion jam. Everybody's making their own condiments here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, 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 Kurt Dammeyer is making his own condiments. Yes, yeah, that's right. Out of his, what's his restaurants? Well, he's got, uh, you know, he's the guy with Beecher's Cheese, but he does. Um, the one on Mercer Island. Yes, why am I blanking? With a kind of an Irish name. 
And he's got a new one over in University Village, right? I've been there so many times. No, his U Village one went out, and Babar went in. Oh, okay. Um, and Babar is not his, or it is his? No, no. It's the monsoon people, Eric and Sophie Bond. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. I don't know anything. I, I don't know why I ask him to be on this. I'm just saying to you listeners quietly to the side, why do I have him here? Because I know how to set the recording <laughs> equipment <laughs> yeah, up. That's right, and you own the company. That might <laughs> be it. Okay. So heirloom fruits and vegetables also not... Not a new thing in the Northwest. Well, the only heirloom thing I've ever seen often on a menu is heirloom tomatoes. What other sort of yeah. heirloom? What is heirloom? Do you know what? I just saw heirloom uh, apples. Is there heirloom apples and I heirloom just saw that. peaches? What does that mean? Is the, are these old strains? Yeah, they're old strains. They're, they're not uh, um, altered in any way, you know, like, like square watermelons to, to ship well and things. It's like a, square watermelons? Have you seen that? No. Uh, that's, that also is not new. This was uh, probably four or five years I saw this. They're trying, they, they successfully grew watermelons in Japan to be square so they could ship them easier. Oh, Lord. I know. There's some secret Asian secret now going on. Like when they tie people up or, you know, they, like they, they tie their neck real tight as they're growing and then their, their head's like three feet up <laughs> above their body and, <laughs> and then there's shrunken heads and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> But they love that square watermelon, so, who, you know, there's something there. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds freaky. <laughs> but in any case, it just seems that we've been doing this stuff for quite a while, not just this year. So I'm thinking, are we ahead of the curve, or was this process flawed? What, where did they get this information? Who, who are the chefs telling them, hey, I've got a new thing? Hmm. I know. It sounds like when we come back on the show in December, we're going to have to tell people what the future is. We're going to have to look at what our restaurants are doing now and and say, this is the future. They'll be writing about this in two or three years in the National Restaurant Association magazine. And we've been doing it all along. But I did think (laughs) that this could lead to a discussion about what what would we like to see as the hot new trends? Chicken face. Chicken face, certainly, because, you know, it's just so good. Um, and you can lose weight while you eat it, which is also nice. Um, I think you and I would both agree that we'd, we'd like to see, and, and I don't think it will happen financially, but we'd like to see uh, more organics on restaurant menus, grass-fed beef, and we've got the sustainable seafood going. Oh, I definitely would like to see that as a hot trend. Yeah. You know, I like the Revolve restaurant because it's like organic, it's grass-fed. For all of you who need the gluten-free and yeah. and the vegan and all that stuff, it's all there. If we had, you know, a dozen restaurants like that around Seattle, I'd, I'd be in heaven. I would never eat at home. Yeah. Yeah. Be great. What other new trends would you want food-wise? Uh, how about uh, oh, I know local you... sustainable? <laughs> oh, know. no, that's already been done. I know what you'd want. Healthy breakfast, healthy good breakfast places. Yeah, how about just breakfast places? Like, well, like, like, like being able to go somewhere for breakfast on a Saturday or Sunday and not bump into a brunch. Because yeah. so many places are all brunch now. Yeah. So That is true. <clears throat> with the exception of the Colonial Kitchen in Edmonds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we can only go on Saturday because that's when they do the corned beef that's hash. That's the only day they have the corned beef hash. That's right. I tell you. Well, you're not full of ideas today. I thought you'd jump on this. Uh, no, I, I didn't. Uh, well, that's why I said, you know, we should come back in December with, with what we see as the future. And uh, then I'd have time to think about it. You know? All right. 
How about a lamb-only restaurant? It would never go. Hmm. First of all, the lambs would all be out there protesting with signs. And they'd be eat more chicken, just like the cows. I know what we could call it. What's that? <laughs> Not doing it. <laughs> all right. Listen, I'm going to morph into where we've been eating. And um, one of the places um, is not local because uh, I was in Cabo. Yeah. And uh, Cabo, I don't know. Cabo is not probably my favorite place on earth. But this place should be on your hot new trend. It, it was actually a farm. It's outside Cabo. God knows how we even found it, only because one person goes there all the time and, and knew about it. Um, and even she was a little confused getting there. But it's called Flora's Farm, and they have built a restaurant. It's quite the place. They even have like a little ice cream shop and all this stuff around it. But the, and the restaurant's quite large, but they only uh, use the organic produce and everything from the farm. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely delicious. It was a really cool place. They had a, a, a group playing, a musical group playing in the bar. Very cool. Do they want to open up a franchise in Seattle? I know. Couldn't we just... the 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 people playing music were um, American, I think, so they'd probably come back and play. Hmm. Um, and then recently, um, speaking of street food, I went to Bob Bar in the U Village because that took over the old Liam's a while back. Uh-huh. And um, I thought that was pretty good. They have a great happy hour in the bar. Um, and some, one of the things they have on there is their pho, which they really spent a lot of time on, at least monsoon, and I'm assuming it's probably the same recipe. So that was very fun. I like that. Um, and then I had dinner with a friend at Steelhead Diner, where I have not been for a while. I haven't been down in a while. It was just as good as it ever was. It was just as fun to be sitting there looking out over the market. Um, their, Anthony's food is just really good. He executes so well and uh, good service. When you say he, you're talking about Anthony. Anthony, yeah. yeah. Kevin See, they Davis. stole him away from the fish uh, restaurant, didn't they? Anthony's, Anthony's yeah. yeah. He gave up that whole thing. I think he was mad at his namesake restaurant because they closed the one down on uh, Shell Show. So. <laughs> so he moved to Steelhead Diner. And it's Kevin's original menu, but Anthony's added things, um, some of the pastas and stuff. So it's just really good. There's a lot to eat there. You can go really light. You can have a major meal. It's just wonderful. And then um, I also met somebody at Rion. Oh, Ethan Stoll restaurant up on Capitol Hill on 15th. And my notes here says Rion 13. Yeah. So is that the name of it, Rion yeah, 13? Yeah, Rion 13. Where's the other 12? Um, I'm thinking he's going to do the Star Wars thing and go backwards. Oh, good idea. That's, I, that's, it's just a guess. Just a guess. Hmm. But um, they also had a great happy hour, and normally it's anywhere in the restaurant. You don't have to just be in the bar, but it was restaurant week, so they made us sit in the bar. Ah. But... Um, they had a lot, like, I ordered a pasta, and honest to God, it could have served four. Hmm. It was enormous, and it was like $9 or something. Hmm. They had pizzas, the Did pasta. Did you take some of that home? No, because fortunately the person I was with was eating most of them. I kept saying, I can never get through this. Take some more. And he'd go, oh, oh they okay. ate all your food. Okay. So they, uh, thank goodness. <laughs> so, um, and, and they had a pasta, too. We had a salad, which was just their, like, little $6 house salad and it was plenty for two 
Um, and then we got some, they have a bean of the day, and we got garbanzos that day. It was delicious. Plenty for two. That sounds like a nice uh, kind of a restaurant week event we should have. Plenty for two. You pay $2, and you get almost nothing. You get, you get, you get, you get tons of pasta. Plenty for two. <laughs> so where have you been lately? Uh, well, let's see. We went down to the uh, RN74. Yeah. And uh, that was quite good. Um, the, the chef was in from New York. Right? No, he'd come from Chicago. Chicago, okay. But he's like the, the head chef for the chain now. Now, who owns the chain? Well, it's Michael Mina. Okay. But actually, Thomas Greasy, who's there, has committed to two years in Seattle. Okay. So he's not the head guy for the chain. He just gets moved around when they're, we're opening a new place. Oh, we've got a problem over here. Boom, boom, boom. He gets moved around a lot. Uh, okay. Gotcha. So he's committed to two years in Seattle. Yeah. And, uh, and they were eager to impress us. I remember that. Yeah, and well, you know, one of the things, and and I don't know if I'm correct about this or not, but um, I did think it was a very high-end place. Now, I've never eaten there. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd stuck my head in a couple times and could never get in because it was so packed. They've been there six years now. Yeah. So um, when we were talking to Chef, he was saying, you know, we're a modern French bistro. So you can come in. In fact, their happy hour deal is burgers, brews, brats, and burgundy or something. You can get a burger and a and a honestly like it's like a rain not a rainier but a not a high end beer for yeah. five bucks. Yeah. You know, and and you can go in and get uh, some bruschetta or some you know bread, and then get a glass of burgundy and you're set. Or you can do the eighty five dollar tasting menu, which honestly oh, yeah, that was a good deal. Eighty five bucks a good deal. is a good deal. Yeah. So they're really trying to, you know, really be part of the urban landscape down there and offer a little bit of something for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I went to Roxy's with you the other day. Yeah. Uh, Roxy's is down in uh, Fremont, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a delicatessen, and they have uh, – I always get the pastrami when I go because it's, it's, not, it's not the best pastrami I've ever had, but it's probably some of the best pastrami I've ever had in Seattle. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I don't know. It was Roxy's, you know. I, I get yeah. the I get the uh, coleslaw with the pastrami. You got the tater tots. I, I ate all the rest of your tater tots. What can I say? <laughs> That's right. And you know, I have to say, it is sort of East Coast. I mean, no one no one who works there looks happy, you know. And they're slinging <laughs> plates around and stuff. It's the it's the the atmosphere it should be. It's got I think. that Manhattan grumpiness to it, yeah. huh? Also, <laughs> when we were there, I, I had heard about this before, but they've already got it printed on their menu. They bought Norm's. Yeah. Next door to them. Yep. And that guy, Steve, has moved on to Yakima to retire, I think. And so it looks like they're going to keep Norms just the way it is. It's just going to be part of the Roxy's family. For now. Yeah. For now. And they got quite a to-go business going in Wow, there. yeah. And all the restaurant concepts that the owner had ever tried that didn't work out, he supplied them all to the to-go menu so you could still get all the food that yeah. used to be at the, the barbecue, the barbecue place, place and, and the Mexican place and yeah. all that. So. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Uh, and then a, a, a place that I just had lunch there, which is why I can't hear anymore. It's uh, <laughs> Fonda La Catrina down in Georgetown. Uh, I've eaten there before. I don't remember it being that loud in there, but it must have been loud then, too. I don't know if maybe it was just the Friday crowd. I don't remember it being that loud before. I've been there before, too. and. I don't remember that. I would remember that painful. It was painful. Oh, it was painful. I had to stick my uh, noise-canceling yeah. earphones into my ears. I knew we weren't going to talk. To escape the uh, the torture. Yeah, I knew we weren't going to talk, but 
you finally had to give up. The mole was pretty good. The yeah. guac was pretty good, although we had to finish making it by putting some salt and pepper mm, in it. We do that a lot. Uh, the uh, the margarita was caustic, literally caustic. It was so hot, it was burning the outside of my lips. Was it um, jalapeno? Must have been. You know, I looked at the menu and it said it was the Fresca Margarita. And I thought, oh, yeah, well, I always get the Fresca Margarita at this other place. Well, what the other place does, they always make them with uh, cucumbers instead of limes. Oh. And I thought, oh, maybe that's kind of what I'm getting. And I noticed, I, I, I read through some of the ingredients, but I must have missed the jalapeno yeah, part. or the Serrano or something. Something, yeah. It was just, it was uh, on fire, man. I, I don't know if I'll have any stomach left by the end of the day. <laughs> But uh, certainly good food, and I guess if you could get it to go, that would be the way to do it, unless you really like to go to super loud places. There was a woman who came in with her little boy, and I was feeling really bad for him. I was thinking, my God, that must be, that's going to... Deafen him early. Yeah, poor little kid. (laughs) Gosh. All right. Going to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll look at the latest tidbits from our News Bites file. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by The Paragon Bar and Grill, your Upper Queen Anne destination for lunch, teeny time, evening entertainment, and weekend brunch. For two decades, The Paragon has served as the go-to neighborhood location while welcoming others from all over the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Visit them online today at ParagonSeattle.com. Hi, this is Bruce and Carol, and we like to go to Bad Alberts in downtown Ballard for breakfast. Hi, this is Chris. I'm from Panther Creek Cellars. We're located in Dundee, Oregon, and you are listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We're back on the Seattle Dining Show, live from the Soto District. <laughs> and uh, we're going to head into our News Bites column. But, but uh, before we start laying them all out here, I just want to remind you that we do keep our uh, News Bites column freshened up almost daily, seems like sometimes. Uh, and you could follow that on our uh, – just go to seattledining.com, backslash News Bites, or click the News Bites link. Uh, if you're a Twitter user, you can uh, follow our Seattle Dining One Twitter account, and that will tell you what we're thinking about, learning about, finding out about. But if you didn't do any of that, you can always catch up with it right here on the show. So uh, here's here's some of the latest news bites. What yeah. do we got, Connie? Well, um, interestingly, Sir Latab, you said, is hitting their 45th year, but so is Ray's Boathouse, actually in 2018. I think they brought all their original kitchen from Sir Latab. That's probably why Sir Latab is so successful. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that's it. I bet I'm just making that up. <laughs> well, Ray's decided that uh, they were going to start celebrating a little early, and, and the way they wanted to celebrate was to uh, do it with their guests. So from the 1st to the 21st, they're offering everyone the chance to win dinner for a year at Ray's. Now, I'm going to let you guys go out to raise.com backslash win dinner for a year to look up all the details. But basically, you get a free, uh, you sign up for free and start using a loyalty card. And 
they draw randomly um, on the 22nd of November the card that will be getting dinner for a year. So the more you eat there during the month, the more chance you have. And hmm. then, in addition, during the month, they're having different chefs come in and chefs that sounds or, like a sweepstakes. Yeah, because you gotta because you gotta pay to play. Right? You gotta Isn't eat there a, a lot. Then? No, you didn't. Well, certainly, Publishers Clearinghouse, you don't have to pay. Oh, okay. So then it's the other opposite. But it, there's a, a there's two sweep? kinds of contests. There's a sweepstakes, <coughs> and there's another one, and, and and this is the one where you have to pay to play. Yeah. Well, then the, they're doing a weekly thing with a different concept, and the first week is is a guest chef, and it's their founding partner, Russ Wollers. So he's going to be cooking and doing a teriyaki salmon uh, appetizer, the grilled lingcod entree, and apple pie for dessert. Then the week of November 8th, they're doing the um, – in 92, they did a dinner at James Beard House, so they're recreating that dinner that week. Mm-hmm. Then on the 15th, it's raised guests get to vote for their favorite all-time raised dishes, and then a, a, a three-course menu will be created from that. Mine was the grilled lutefisk. Oh, you are a Ballard boy at I heart. I love that one. You are a Ballard boy. We should bring it back. <laughs> Well, the next one I have is that um, Schwartz Brothers <laughs> fooled me for a minute. This is a girl Ludicrous face. <laughs> cheeks. It's it's a fish, so it's going to be cheeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. So Schwartz Brothers is doing a little switcheroo. I I saw this. We talked about it last month on the show that they um, were going to start. That Daniel's Broiler South Lake Union was going to start lunch service and I thought to myself oh my gosh that's great because so many places stopped doing lunch like in 2008 or 2009 when everything went south mm-hmm. and I thought oh this is fabulous they're they're starting to do lunch again and now they're saying they're also on that's that's going to start on the 27th of November and then on December 2nd they're going to start doing weekend brunch I was just so excited about the economics of it all then in small print, I find that actually Chandler's, another of their restaurants, has been doing lunch and brunch all along, and they're going to stop doing it huh. as of the 24th. They're just migrating all their customers off yeah. to Daniel's. Yeah, and I, you know, I think sometimes change can be good. I mean, some people love tradition and don't ever want it to change, but maybe it's time for a little something different. So there you go. And maybe Chandler's. They're going to do some remodeling in Chandler's <coughs> during the daytime hours. It could be. Chandler's has a really long happy hour. They start at 3, and they go to close every day. Wow. So even if you don't get your lunch there, you could probably slide in a little late and have a really fun. But you'd have to go to the bar, right? Uh, I'm going to assume so. It didn't say anything about that. But they've got another thing going on, which is that both Chandler's and Spazo, through the 22nd of November, um, during their 3 p.m. 3 p.m. to close happy hours, they're offering four wines, one's a Prosecco, one's Rioja, one's Sauvignon Blanc, and one's a Red Blend, all rated 90 points and over for just $30 a bottle. Mm-hmm. So that's a cool deal, too. That's a good deal. And then we've got another anniversary on Halloween. Rasha Tai on Lower Queen Anne hits 20. 20 years old. 20 Anna. years old. And it, it, I, I remember going there when they first opened. You know, what I was telling Whippa, who's managed that place all these years, I said, I remember being across the street. It wasn't Melting Pot then, or it was maybe one of the places in front of that. I don't remember what it was, but I was in there, and I said to our waiter, 
um, what's happening over there? And he goes, oh, my uncle's opening a restaurant. Hmm. So that's how long that ago was. But interestingly, she always also told me that they like to open their restaurants on Halloween. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know if it's a Thai thing or if they just like costumes or think it makes... I don't know what the Thai connection to Halloween is. Other than like maybe some chai candy? I don't know. (laughs) Chai candy. (laughs) (laughs) I think chai is Indian, isn't it? I don't know. Isn't that Thai iced tea? That's uh, not chai. They don't use chai in a Thai iced tea? No, no, no. What do I know? I'm just moving. I just know how to set the equipment up. (laughs) And code. We love your coding. I can code, too. Um, Chef Zoe Antonitzas, who was at Westward and a number of other places and has had so much good press, she is opening Little Fish Restaurant in the Pike Place Market. That should be happening in January. And she's partnering with Brian Jar, who opened Jar Bar down there. So this is going to be kind of a hyper-local fish, so really local fish and the way she's going to do it. I think that's going to be very interesting. Do we want to eat local fish? Well, is that's a it, hot new trend. To eat this fish out? Yeah. It's a hot new trend. So. And then if it goes well, are they going to open up big fish after that? <laughs> yeah. And only do large fish. Yeah. 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 Hyper large Like fish. the blooper fish or whatever those things are. <laughs> the blooper fish. <laughs> <laughs> I have not heard that. It's a, it's a fish face thing. It's a blooper cheeks. <laughs> um, and then Pearl in Bellevue apparently did this last year, and they're bringing it back this year. They're doing the Free Oyster Friday. It's every Friday in the lounge, starting at 3, and it goes until supplies are gone. And I don't know what that means. Do they have seven oysters, and then they're gone, or they have 7,000? Yeah, you said there's table restrictions. There are table restrictions, and that I haven't seen what that means, but I'm assuming like you can't go in and say, I've got four friends coming, we'd like 75 oysters. It's not going to happen. So... um, but apparently that, that really was a fun thing last year, and they brought it back. Well, there will definitely be one empty seat in there. It's the one I'm not taking, yeah. so you should be able to get seated. You are a big oyster guy for sure. Oh. <laughs> and then there's another great wine thing going on, um, Salty's Seafood Grills, all three locations, so that's down in Portland and then Redondo Beach and Alki here, are all doing 50% off wine on Sundays in November. These are bottles. Mm-hmm. They're all Washington or Oregon. They've all been chosen by sommelier Tim O'Brien, who's also very awarded as a sommelier. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just go in on Sundays and check out that wine list, and you get it for 50% off. That sounds like a good deal. I think that's a really good deal. I'd drink any wine that guy gave me. I know it. He is... He deserves all those awards he's got. I think I'd drink any wine, pretty much any wine. Well, actually, that kind of is true. But you do like Tim. I mean, that's, you know. (laughs) I do. (laughs) And then Whole Foods 365, the supposedly lower-cost Whole Foods in Bellevue at at Bellevue Square has closed. Things not working out at this location. Well, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking Amazon bought them, and they started lowering prices. Why do they have to have a a low cost Whole Foods and take up a bunch of space. I don't know. Maybe they're going to turn it into an Amazon food distribution center. There you go. Now you're thinking. That's why you're here. Huh. So the the big weird news, for me anyway, was is that the SLS Hotel has been talked to... You said SLS, not SOS. Yes. It kind of is SOS now. (laughs) Or SOL. Probably more like it. Um... (laughs) 
they were going in on in on Fifth Avenue in that new building. It, it's just this huge thing that was like. This is the place where the church was. Yes, the sanctuary. Where That's they, at the corner of uh, Seneca and uh, Fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right behind the Rainier Club. And they were going to build the hotel around the original church. Is that right? Yeah, well, not really around it. It's next door to it, and it's a huge building, and they're going to – they were – the hotel was going to be there as well as some other stuff, some um, business things, commercial. Um, and they've – it's like the most expensive hotel build-out in Seattle to date. Um, and they were going to open in November, and they have uh, mutually agreed – to just not do it. So the building's there. It's not getting occupied, and it's not finished yet. Yeah, uh, I think it's dang close. And some, and apparently someone else is going to operate the sanctuary, which was the church, which was going to be an event space. So somebody else is taking that over. I don't know who. Uh-huh. But I think that's fascinating. I've connected with my contacts and, and everybody's saying, oh, yeah, there'll be a press release out soon. Oh, I'll, yeah, we're working on stuff. I'll let you know. But nobody's really talking, at least to me at this time. So. Hmm. Sounds creepy. Yeah, kind of a weird thing. I think that's – and the guy who is SBE, which is running the SLS name, mm-hmm. is apparently a – I don't know if he's from Seattle, but he's a Washington guy. And when I first was talking to people, they were all like, yeah, he's, he's very connected to this area. He's always wanted to do something here. So I heard that they may do some – Look for another location. So I don't know what happened. It must have been a terrible falling out. Is Maybe they got think. a super super bargain on uh, or a super sale price on selling off the property where the building was. It could be. I mean, maybe they maybe somebody wanted to come in and not do the work, and they said, "Okay, take it." Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Well, you can always know. have the building finished off by the uh, construction company here in Seattle, STS. <laughs> could finish up the SLS <laughs> or the SOL or the. I tell you. <laughs> Over in Bellevue, Wild Ginger, which is in that new Lincoln Tower South, they are going to start doing dim sum on weekends. Do they do dim sum here in Seattle? Yeah, they certainly did. When I first read this, it said they're bringing back. And I was thinking, Bellevue's new. How could you bring it back? So I don't know if they stopped doing it in Seattle and they're saying we're going to bring it back to Bellevue. Well, they had I'm a sure. Bellevue location before that one. Oh, that's Maybe true. That's right. There, I, I bet know. that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's why you're here. You do know stuff. So anyway, that's gonna, that'll happen from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. Now, we're looking at the closures here, and mm-hmm. I know this first one is going to break your heart. Oh, it's a Fu sad. Man Dumpling House in, Green, in Broadview. That's a heartbreaker for you, isn't it? You know what? Here's the deal. People went nuts over that place, and I've been there twice, and I did not understand why people were going nuts over it. I didn't get it. You know, on my phone, I have a little list under my notes <laughs> yes, called Never Going Back. Yes. And the first time I went to Fu Man Dumpling House, that that went on to that list, and I never went back. Yep. And now it looks like I won't have a chance. Yeah, which I can see the tears right now. Squeezing out of his little eyes, it's pretty oh, sad. Yeah. Breaking my heart. Then Mo and Lou Pasta is gone, and um, I, I'm going to have to just cop to this. I didn't even know they existed, so... We that don't was, spend a lot of time out in Lake City Way. Yeah, and also we don't eat a lot of pasta, so. Nope, we don't. Then Munch Cafe on Greenwood Avenue has closed. Yeah, I tried that one once, too. Did you? And didn't do anything for me. The menu, the whole menu was like all white bread product, and mm. nah, it wasn't going to happen, so. Hmm. 
Although now this one's interesting. Blue Moon Burgers in South Lake Union yeah. going away. I think that's interesting, too. I think there's building going on, as you may not uh, be surprised okay. to hear in South Lake Union. Yep. So I think there was something there. So that's probably what happened. I was a little surprised at Blackboard Bistro. As you know, last year, not not this summer, but last summer, they were out at the Tomato, tomato Fest at Cedarbrook. And they oh, did yeah. a really good tomato dish. And, uh, you know, other people have been in that spot and not done well, and these guys have lasted. So yeah. I, don't, I don't really know what happened. But Where were they at? They are on California Avenue. Oh, um, in Southwest. West Seattle. Yeah. West Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. And then here's the other one, honey. Just start squeezing those There's tears out again. There's heartbreaker coming up. Nana's Mexican on Queen Anne Avenue. Oh, man. What a heartbreaker. That it was hurts. on my list, too. It wasn't. We And you know what? We actually gave them a couple tries after the first one where we said we'd never go back. Because mm-hmm. it's very close to. I think I'm going to have a little RIP column at the bottom and move some of these guys yeah. down to it now. Yeah. And then the, uh, this is probably also not a surprise, but The Ruins is for sale. It's a private club on Lower Queen Anne. Some of amazing people have gone through that chef-wise. Jim Droman and um, Joanne Heron, who have Le Pichet and Café Press. Ethan Stoll worked there. Um, a lot of chefs around town work there. Um, Harvest Vine people work there. Huh. Um, so it's kind of sad. I, the man who really did it, passed away a few years ago i'm thinking three now hmm. so i don't know if it still belonged to his widow or if they'd sold it and, and now somebody else is selling it i don't really know the history that's hot it. property right there on the edge of queen anne yeah so yeah. I, I went there 20 years ago for a music business event oh yeah it was I a fascinating place it was kind of weird eclectic yeah, kind of freaky and so it'd be a good place for a halloween party yeah not this year or not any year from now on yeah All right, well, uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about happenings that are going on around town when we do our calendar section. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. This is Katie, and I live in Yakima. One of my favorite restaurants is Carousel Restaurant and Bistro in Yakima. This is Chef Isaac Hutchins from Marjorie, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. I was not the pretty girl then her. All the boys at her feet. And everybody everywhere loved her. No one knew what went on We're back. It's Connie and Tom with the Seattle Dining Show, and we're heading into the calendar portion of our show. And just to remind you, we'll talk about a number of things today, but new calendar items go up all the time. So keep checking back at seattledining.com backslash calendar. Or just click the calendar link when you get to seattledining.com. That's even easier, really. Yeah. That's why I put it there. Oh, it's like you know what you're doing. It's the craziest thing. Easiest thing. Okay, the first one is happening on November 2nd. It's a Thursday. It's a Northwest Harvest Celebration at Pomegranate Bistro and Bar in Redmond, 630 to 830, $65 plus tax and gratuity. And it's interesting, they have a Native American chef, Darren Jameson, doing this dinner. 
and it's kind of he's he's created a menu that reflects his heritage. So the there are menu items from the sea. What part of Native America is he from? The Northwest. Oh, okay. I didn't know if he was like from Massachusetts and he was gearing up for a turkey thing or something. You know? <laughs> no. Corn and turkey. And... <laughs> Harvest is more like, well, it would be corn, but not turkey so much. But he's doing, the menu is broken into sections and it's sea, wetlands, forest, and home. And home is dessert and he's doing like fry bread and huckleberry stuff. Okay, so, so. so if I was going to... If I was going to figure that one out, I'd say it was uh, some kind of fish, some kind of shellfish, uh, forest. What's what? Elk. It's elk? elk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Elk cheeks. Yeah. I was I was not going to divulge all that and make people go to the website to see what okay, it was. Okay, well, then we won't tell you what the home one is. I just did. That's the last one. No, I just did. Moments ago, I said it was fry bread and huckleberry. Oh, I don't hear everything. <laughs> On his own show. But if you asked him to code it, it would be done perfectly. I might hear it on the playback. You never know. Yes, I bet you will. All right. You want to take the next one or you want me oh, to talk? Okay. Uh, Friday on uh, November 3rd is uh, Mac and Jack's Brewing Company is doing a dinner at Salty's at Redondo, 6 to 8 p.m., $60 plus tax and gratuity. Which I'm going to. It's not a bad price. It's not. I'm going to start talking tax and grat. It kind of rhymes. Tax and grat. Tax and gratuity. Tax and oh, grat. tax and grat. That's what I'm going to start calling it now. Hmm. I'm going to see if anyone follows me on that. I think they'll think you're talking about potatoes or gratin or something <laughs> like that. Could be. Uh, you got to be 21 or over for this one. I guess they're having it in the bar, huh? Uh, reservations required in advance. Call Salty's at Redondo yeah. to make your reservation now. And uh, that's Friday at 6 p.m., so make sure you leave Seattle early if you're leaving from Seattle. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. But what a view they have down there, too. Oh, yeah. Although the sun will set about 4 o'clock. Oh, that's right. So. Sad. It's after. What is it? The, is it the 31st or when's the yeah, time it'll, change? It'll, it'll be. It'll be. Daylight savings then, so... Uh, I'm so sad. All right, November 4th, Saturday, Rare and Well Done at Sea Star. I think they've done this at least one other time, um, and it is the ultimate whiskey experience. So they have more than 150 highly prized whiskeys from around the world, and they're pairing them with fine bites by Howie Steak, John Howie Steak, and Sea Star. This is... Um, I'm not absolutely sure. They kept talking about how it was the Civica Building Commons. So I'm wondering if they're actually going to have this out in that communal area. Oh. I don't think it's in... like the lobby? Yeah, I don't think it's in the restaurant. Because it's, you know, you're going to move around and try all these 150 whiskeys. Oh, I thought they were just trying to put that new uh, private room to work in the back. Oh, yeah. No, because you wouldn't get enough people in there. I think you'd want... I don't know. And so the price is $156.24, and then here it says with service fee. So is that on top of it, or does that No, that include? means that's, the, that's what you're going to pay to go there. So most people would say it's 140 bucks and you've got to pay tax and gratuity and a service fee, blah, blah, blah. They're just saying it's 156 24 I don't know how they figure that, but. 
Okay. And that's 6.30 to that 8. sounds like you ought to bust your piggy bank open for that so you can get the pennies and stuff out. Yeah. I bet, they, I bet they want that. We should tell everyone who's listening, take your 24 cents and make sure you have that for them. <laughs> but included in that, you do get a Glencairn tasting glass and a personal whiskey journal to keep. This is one of those things that interests me. I'm thinking the people who really drink fine whiskeys, who pay that kind of money, don't care if they get a tasting glass and a journal. I'm thinking it's the 21st century, and if I need a whiskey journal, I'll put it on my cell phone. See, that could be. But right? you know, Wouldn't I have a digital whiskey journal then? Maybe they'll give free phones eventually. What do you think about that? Hmm. I've never seen anybody pull a whiskey journal out before. Well, you know what? I have had people give me wine journals, and I write in them at the time I'm doing it, and then I put them on a shelf, and I never use them again. Yeah. I don't oh, know. Well. Anyway. Make it feel like you're getting something. Exactly. Uh, the fourth, also on Saturday, in case you want to miss out on the whiskey journal, <laughs> uh, you go to the city of Benton, and you go to Tucannon Cellars, and you go to their Sugar Pine Barn, and they are having a smoked ribs and wine dinner from 6 to 9 p.m., and you say, well... That's a long way to go <laughs> for a wine dinner, but you know what? It's only thirty-five bucks. So if you're going to uh, get a room near Benton City, which you can do, uh, you're saving lots of money. Uh, it's only twenty dollars if you're a member of the wine club. I know it's pretty nice. Uh, Twenty-one and over only, and they'll be having ribs, brisket, mac and cheese, baked beans, salad. And they'll be pairing it with their wines. Now, you could take all those foods and put them in a magic bullet and and grind them (laughs) up together. And I want to know what that tastes like. So if anybody does it, you let me know. (laughs) I am so afraid of what that would even look like. All right. On November 8th, Wednesday, there's a Crowley wine dinner at How to Cook a Wolf up on top of Queen Anne. Uh, they are doing a 5.30 and an 8.30 seating. There's only 24 spots at each one, so you better call and get that reservation. It's 135 plus tax and grat. Um, and winemaker Tyson Crowley will be there. He's going to talk about the wines as you go through the evening. Wow. Well, I'm glad to do in two seatings because mm-hmm. that is a small little room there. It is a very small room, but it's going to make for a very intimate event, I think. It would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll wait for them to call us and ask us to come down. (laughs) Please take two of our very important 24 spots. Uh, Okay. Also on Wednesday the 8th, in case How to Cook a Wolf is sold out, uh, you could go to Salty's on Alki for the Shuck Yeah! All You Can Eat (laughs) Bivalves event from 6 to 8 p.m. Going to be uh, $69.99 plus uh, beverages. Uh, a service charge and or tax. Or do you get to pick between the... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think I'll pay the tax. Yeah. No, I think I'll pay the service charge. <laughs> I'd like to pay both. Uh, oysters, mussels, clams, all-you-can-eat buffet with Caesar salad, chowder, seafood, paella, clam linguine, oil-cured tomato, doesn't say it's heirloom, and house-made <laughs> sausage. I know you're signing up right now. Reservations required in advance. Now, there's going to be one empty seat in there you can get your hands on because I, I don't do the bivalves. Yep. We already talked about that. So you'll be able to get <laughs> my seat if you get your reservation in now. 
You know what I'm wondering is if next month we have even more bivalve dinners, if it's just a slap in your face and they're begging you not to come. Hmm. Hmm. Just a thought. Just a thought. You know what you call two bivalve dinners? <laughs> Quad valve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm moving on. I am moving on. On November 9th. Thursday. Now, this is this has some history for Tom and me. Yes, it does. The St. Martin's Winemaker Dinner at Serafina, 6.30 p.m., 105.55, plus tax and grat. Um, we met at the St. Martin's Wine Dinner. We did, way back 15, in 2002. Yeah, 15 years ago. That's yep. where it all started. That is how we ended up in a conference room at Sur La Table 15 years later. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Uh, St. Martin is, in case you didn't know this, is the patron saint of winemakers, grape growers, and drunks. That's where we come in. That's right. Yeah, that's where we come in. Okay. Uh, long time event at Serafina. In fact, that 2002 was the second year, I think. Oh, really? Because I had been to the one before that, I believe. But uh, always fun, and, and they just, I don't know how they do it now, but I don't know when we did it. They just took all the tables and put them together and made a very big yeah. U-shaped uh, family-style seating thing. And yeah. it, was, it was quite fun. Uh, it's about twice the price of what it was when we did it, yeah. but, but uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, this year, David Abana of the Marchesi, Marchesi or Marchesi? I would say David Abana. Abona, oh yeah, Marchesi di Barolo. Yeah, not to be confused with the Barolo restaurant. <laughs> uh, and it's going to be a five course dinner. Yes, with so, with the Barolo family wines, the Marchese di Barolo family so it's, wines. It's one hundred fifty five plus tax, plus gratuity, plus your Uber. Don't forget, yes, get an Uber for this one. You're going to want it. But it, you know, it's the patron saint of drunks. You just know. Yeah, you just know. Get Uber. All right. On the 11th, which is a Saturday, there's a holiday wine fest from noon to 4, which is $45, and then they repeat from 9 to 5 to 9 for 55 so And where is this at? Pick and choose. It's at the Exhibition Hall on Seattle Center okay. grounds. It's a global celebration of wine with a world-class lineup of local, regional, national, international wines, ciders, spirits. Going to have a little gourmet cuisine and some artisan vendors. This sounds a lot like Is this other the one things. that David and Chris put together? It's David LeClaire, I believe, is behind this. And I thought Christopher Chan was oh, maybe his so. partner oh, okay. on this. Okay, maybe so. Oh, yeah, because they did it last year, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we did go in so there last year. So noon to four, and then they kick you out, and you can come back in at five. Yeah. And do the five to nine one. Exactly. And you can buy, like, if you find a wine there that you really think is great, they've got those retail licenses going. So you can oh, buy it right. and take it home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the 13th. Not Friday the 13th, but Monday the 13th, <laughs> Taste of the Seahawks, <clears throat> 6 to 10 p.m., $150. Uh, this is happening at CenturyLink Field. This is what I got the email from Josh Henderson about a long mm, time ago. No, I don't, because he was going to do it periodically, right? Well, this I is, thought it was going to be every, every game. but Yeah, this is just a one-time deal. Okay, so this is the first annual. John Howie has been doing a Taste of the NFL for years. And he wanted to bring something like it to Seattle. So this is a John Howie event, yeah. huh? Yep. Okay. Uh, so a strolling food and beverage experience. Seattle's finest restaurants, award-winning chefs, best wineries, breweries, and distilleries, Washington and beyond. 
21 and over, so you're not going to bring your, we'll bring your kids in there if you went down for the game. Uh, this is during the game, right? Well, well it's, it's, no, Monday, well, it's Monday on Monday if they're playing Monday. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I have to check my Seahawks schedule. Cortana, Seahawks schedule. <laughs> Uh, sports celebrities and other local famous faces, live music, charitable auction. I don't think we have a football game. No, there's too much too much going on here. Uh, proceeds go to the local Food Lifeline and Ben's Fund. Which I didn't look up. I would like to know who Ben is. I think it's for making better rice. Oh, it's maybe to help that's... uncles make better yeah, rice. Yeah, that might be it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the price does include your parking. Which is like $245 now down there, so that's yeah, a deal. so that's a smoking deal. Yeah. Also, this is not a small deal. One of the sponsors or the major sponsor is Microsoft. So this is like a big deal. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. So also on our calendar and growing every day is all the Thanksgiving information. So just head out to the calendar. We're not going to go through them all. There are places like Casper's and Lisa Dupar catering that are – doing turkeys that you can order and then go pick up. And then, of course, there's special Thanksgiving menus at restaurants, things like that. So go out to the calendar and find it all out. Yeah. Yeah, because like you say, there's, there's, it's going to keep growing. People oh, yeah. are going to keep pushing stuff in. So Exactly. All right. Uh, we got an interview coming up here with a very special guest, and we'll take a short break between them. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Queen Anne Olive Oil. Explore their huge selection of flavor-infused olive oils and balsamics. Mix and match to create some unique taste treats. Take a field trip soon to the top of Queen Anne and experience oils and vinegars in a whole new way. Find more information at QueenAnneOliveOil.com. My name's Ryan. I live in Beacon Hill, and my favorite restaurant to eat at is El Quetzal. Hello, this is Jeff Green from B&E Meats and Seafood, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. are back on the November Seattle Dining Show, and our special guest is with us, Joel Gameron from Sur La Table. Pleasure to be here. This is great. Excellent. Um, you are actually based out of New York, although you're from here, so we're lucky that you are here at this moment, but you've just told us you're coming back <laughs> I'm full coming time. I'm back. That's I miss so the Pacific Northwest. Yes. You know, it's so beautiful here. The food scene is so vibrant, as you oh. guys know, and yeah. uh, it's getting back to my roots. That's going to be so great. Yeah. And you still are the national chef for Sur La Table. You just get to be in Georgetown. <laughs> Which has changed a lot since I've been Oh, gone. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. What do you want, Georgetown or Manhattan, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, Georgetown's looking more and more like Brooklyn every day I pass yeah. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there's quite a vibrant food scene yeah. in Georgetown. Absolutely. Fonda La Katrina, that Mexican oh. spot. We had lunch there today, and it was like we walked out. We, we couldn't hear. It was so loud. Oh, really? Oh, we don't remember it being that way. Yeah. The but, food's good. Yeah. The food's good. And yeah. Ciudad Grill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some stuff happening yeah. around here. There are some things going on. But that is not why we have you on the show today. We thought we would talk, since it's November, about upcoming holidays, things that might be really great tool-wise for the holidays that yeah. you would know about that are in the stores, 
um, maybe some restaurants that you you know would like to recommend people go look at on the website. Sure. And just do some things like that. So let's talk about tools first. Okay. So what tools I think that are just exciting or that yeah. you should be aware of? Well, Maybe I, new or? Yeah, I mean, there's so much new. So I don't know how much you guys are familiar with sous vide. You oh, guys? Yeah. 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 So Jewel by Chef Steps. I don't know if you guys know Chef Steps. They're mm-hmm. based here. Really cool company based here down in Pioneer Square called Chef Steps. You guys got to get them on the show. Yeah. They're awesome young guys, and they're doing some really interesting things. But they created a really amazing immersion circulator. For yes. those of you who don't know at home, it's a way to cook your proteins, so your chicken, your fish, to the exact temperature. What's so the name of that device again? Immersion circulator. It sounds very George Jetson, but I promise <laughs> well, I you. I you said an emerging turculator. <laughs> you can call it that. That's Maybe cool. It's a twerculator. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, it's, it's, a, it's something that's been in restaurant kitchens for a long time. It's, um, and I think Chef Steps, and we brought this in, really broke it down to something that's approachable for the home cook. Yeah. And again, it allows you to cook things to the 10th degree. So for things like Thanksgiving, for Christmas, it's really really just one of those things that you're going to have the most moist meat. Things are going to be coming out at the right time. So we're excited yeah, about that. So, that is, because that's one of those hard things about a big meal. You've got this coming here 10 minutes later, the rolls come out. And, so yeah. this is like a, like a sous vide type product. It's exactly a sous vide product, except it's the smallest on the market. It looks like a little stick, and it actually is controlled through your smartphone. So it's pretty cool. You could be in the yeah. other room handling it. I know it seems high tech, but we get geeked out about that over the summer oh, yeah. here at Sterling yeah. Top. So that's really exciting. Um, we love our knives. Do you guys have sharp knives at home? We do. I do. I have a set of Wustoffs, and all I ever have done with them is hit them with a the steel when they get a little bit dull. That's all you need. That's it. Yeah. it. You know, I always say to my students who come to our cooking classes, sharpening your knife is like brushing your teeth. Yeah. If you don't do it, it's it's like you have to go to the dentist. It's going to be a big, long job. If you do it every day, yeah, good point. You know, yeah. it's it's a much smaller deal, good point. right? Yeah. So um, we are really excited about this knife. Have you guys heard of Bob Kramer? No. So we have a knife set by Bob Kramer coming in. He is a artisan who makes <laughs> knives by hand. He's an amazing bladesmith. One of the oh. only. Does he master- also have like a show where he gives out stock tips? <coughs> stock of tips? Kramer. Oh no, that's the other Kramer. Okay. <laughs> Well, he's based in Olympia. This guy's a total badass, and he makes knives. He has, like, a wait list of 4,000 people for a hand blade. Whoa. Yeah, they're really amazing (coughs) knives, but we teamed up with him in this incredible, credible blade. Uh, You guys got to check it out. It's going to be a game changer. Wow. So those are two simple ones. Tell him to send one over so he gets the other 4,000 people satisfied. (laughs) Yeah. You know, more approachable beyond the knives and um, beyond uh, the kind of the sous vide we have these amazing um, urban accent blends. So they're like these little spice blends. For the past like three, four years, we've been selling it around holidays. Oh, yeah. People freak out over these. And I'm a chef. I'm not a big spice blend guy. I have sprinkled this stuff even just on a piece of fish, on a, 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 some Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Psychotic. I don't know what they do. Wow. It is re- all natural, beautiful ingredients. Uh, urban accents, check it out. Those okay. are the are three kind of big ones. So we have is a there like the pumpkin spice version? There's no pumpkin spice version. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Why, are you a big pumpkin spice guy? No, everybody's, you know, it's a big deal this year is everybody's poo-pooing the pumpkin spice. I, they're they're pumpkin spiced on. out. I yep, know. Everybody's done. And the reality is that everyone starts it so early now. It's like, you know, you yeah. see it in Starbucks in like July and you're in your bathing suit. <laughs> it's almost time. <laughs> 
People love it. People love it. But, you know, more than anything, we have cooking classes. Have you guys taken a class with us? No. I have never done that. I haven't. What? I well, know. Sign what's, us what's wrong with us? You guys got to, we will definitely we'll put it sign on our you Christmas yeah. list for you. We, uh, we brought you in to humiliate us today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, John. No, no, that's no. you. I mean, I <laughs> feel no, like no. I'm John. We brought him in to help him, you know, put things like gift certificates under our trees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can arrange for that. Do a cooking class. We like it. business. Yeah. Well, I mean, if anyone who's listening has ever taken a class with us, we're completely hands on. You do all the cooking. It's oh, super fun with your friends and family. But I think holidays. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong. It's an intimidating time to cook for people. Yeah. Even for a chef. It's the the volume for me. I mean, it's just like I would never make that big of a dinner. Totally. And everyone wants that like big turkey Norman Rockwell bird. And the reality is it's so hard to cook that perfectly. So oh, these we learned class... how to do that a long time ago. What we do you mean you learned how to do that a long time ago? We cut that bird up and we roast it cut up. Give me, I'm high-fiving right now. See, there you <laughs> go. There we go. You know. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, we again. brine it first, too. You're a briner, dry brine, or wet brine? It's a wet brine. So we have an amazing wet brine kit. If anyone does not wet mm. brine, you got to get on that. It makes your turkey so moist. Yeah. It's crazy. So you won't do it without the wet brine? Uh, not anymore. Yeah. Because it's so good. Yeah, you once know? you have it, you don't go back. I mean, you see yeah. these people, they get the, you know, the, the giant syringe and the shoving all the liquids up in the protein. You're like, well, that's freaky, man. Just Too brine much. your turkey. <laughs> so true. And if you're not into brining your turkey, you don't have the space, a good trick is to salt your turkey, season it the day before. Oh. And it will draw out all the moisture and then go back into the bird, and it really, really is a concentrated now, turkey that's what flavor. you call dry brine, right? Exactly. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, you know, I can tell you where to get the space to brine a turkey. Oh, gosh. Everybody's got one of these. I, I know where you're going with this. It's your cooler, your ice chest. Oh, you said I Really? I oh, was going to yeah. thought you said bathtub. And oh, no, no, no. Then you can't take a shower. <laughs> No, what I do is uh, if if the outdoor temperature is going to be you know forty or below, yeah, I'll just dry, I'll just wet brine it out on the patio the night before because it's not going to go bad. I love that. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good trick. See, I love it because I never. In that's Brooklyn, why we had I you on the show. Things. We want to teach you a couple tricks. I, I need them. <laughs> Trust me, I need them. We know so much more than you, Joel. <laughs> hey, always learning. <laughs> well, speaking of classes, yep. um, are there some coming up, and uh, this would be at the Kirkland store. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the only store that does classes so here right now. It's the only class in C- uh, program in Seattle, and it's an awesome program. It's actually yeah. our first one we ever opened, and now we have 80, almost over oh 80. Gosh. I thought it crazy? had been there a long time. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a really cute store, lots of personality. So, yeah, there's some great classes. We teamed up with Bon Appetit. Okay. We're doing a Thanksgiving class, so it's kind of a okay. modern take on Thanksgiving. So if you need some new ideas... Unbelievable vegetable sides we are doing oh. this year. Like crazy. Carrots mm. with cardamom butter. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that you know, we're all good. about harissa this year in a lot of our <laughs> classes. Um, and if you're a baker, which I'm not, but I love our baking classes because it breaks it down. Oh, yeah. We have crazy baking classes, oh. gorgeous baking classes, desserts, mm. breads, everything you need to know. Wow. Yeah. So if somebody wants to just tweak up those skills, yep. This or is gain the time five to do pounds, it. this is the time yeah. to do it. <laughs> 
actually, you, <laughs> might, be, you, you might be showing both. people some uh, sides that aren't so overwhelming on calories. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, all, we, we have lots of healthful co- cooking classes as well and all the way into Christmas time. So yeah. we're excited. The holidays, is we kind of feel like it's our Super Bowl. It's our time to shine. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. it's the food time. <laughs> exactly. This is when everyone's thinking food. Exactly. You know, we have a lot of places like uh, World Spice down at the market and mm-hmm. things like that. And people love that. But if you don't, if you're not familiar, mm. you don't really know how to use it. So, of course, they're good down there about talking about it. But a class like that where you could understand when maybe cardamom would be good mm. or, you know, what vegetables... You know, I think that's a great thing. Yeah, I think there's so many things out there today that shows recipes. You can go online to Food 52. You can go uh, onto Epicurious. There's a million magazines. There's Food Network. There's everything. But not a lot of places, like you said, kind of tell you how to cook something. Yeah. They tell you what to cook, but not how to cook. Yeah. And for Sur La Table, we really stand for the how and the techniques. And so we hope to empower people and really build their confidence in the kitchen. That's kind of our goal. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys were involved with Cooking with Class this year, the the fundraiser that yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things that I always say is that there's only eight people in each class. Mm. So they can say, why would you put the spice in now? Why don't yeah. you do it later? And sometimes that mm-hmm. makes all the difference that crazy? In, in how something tastes. But if you don't know that, and, you know, Tom being the exception, most people don't make the same thing 40 times till they get it right. Oh, gosh. You know, what, do you do? what do you make, Tom? What do you make the same thing over and over? He'll keep at something yeah. until he gets it. Not that many times. I always, I always print a recipe out that I've handcrafted myself, and then I'll edit it from there each time. <laughs> so, you know, right, right now I'm learning things with lamb. Oh, nice. So do I want to pan uh, 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 roast a nice little uh, rib of lamb because it's yeah. just me having dinner that night? Yeah. Or do I want to go ahead and roast that instead? Or, or a little combination of both. Maybe sear out the sides and then throw it in the oven and roast it. Yeah. So like you said, it's technique. You know, yeah. Find a technique that works best for that, for that food. Yeah, and once you do, it's, it opens up a whole world. Speaking of lamb, I just cooked lamb, braised it in some milk. Literally cooked lamb in milk. Yeah. It really moistens it and adds oh. this fat Just richness. so you know, they do that every day in India. You know, you're taking all my love away. (laughs) Taking all my love away. He's making that up. Is that true or false? (laughs) I don't know. They cook a lot of things in milk in India, don't they? (laughs) But it's a technique I highly suggest you do at home. It really makes the lamb succulent, but it's awesome with turkey and awesome with chicken to cook it in milk. Do I have to do it with dairy milk or can I do it with almond milk? Got to do it with dairy milk. For the fat. fat. Yeah. How much? I mean, do you cover the... No, it's like a braise. So like enough where it's just a little bit submerged but still coming out. So you're cooking it, actually cooking it, not like just marinating in it. Okay, I got the solution. I I can do that with ghee and almond milk. Right? Yeah. Get the fat from the ghee. Yeah, that would work. I got the milk from the almond milk. That would totally work. Uh, Might work. But what do you get? get? What are you against milk for? I just don't keep any in the house. Okay. I'm an almond milk guy, too. I don't do a whole lot of dairy at all. In fact, in my house, there's no milk in my house. There's There's no butter in my house. Well, ghee is butter. Yeah, but ghee isn't isn't considered dairy because all the milk fat's gone. Really? I didn't know it was For people who can't have dairy, they can have ghee. Well, if the milk fat is gone, is there enough fat in the ghee to bring that? Plenty. Oh, okay. Plenty. Oh, there's still some fat in there. (laughs) Just checking. But just not the dirty fat. It's to clean fat. Yeah, I'm a love ghee, absolutely. That's why the smoke point's so much higher on ghee 
than on butter. Yep. Because yeah. it's that milk fat from the butter it's that's burns. burning when you're burning yeah. it at low heat. I'm and telling you right now, if there's anything you take away from this segment, whoever is listening, cook your pancakes in ghee. Oh. It will not smoke out your kitchen. You could do that with your French toast, too. You can do it with your French toast, too. The fire department will not come over <laughs> oh, because no. you set off the smoke alarm. No. And you save yourself the trouble of having to butter them later. Exactly. So, you know, you got that much more time in your day. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we're, we're all over the organic thing. So yeah. you can get, like, at Whole Foods and probably Ballard Market, Central Market. They all have organic geese. Yeah. But you so. can just get some organic butter and make it yourself, which is just melting it down really slow. And then there's all this white stuff that comes to the top. You skim it off, and you've got ghee. Hey, listen, I got an idea. Um, yes. For people who don't know about ghee, it's spelled G-H-E-E. And we're going to give you a moment to go and run to the Internet and find out what ghee is. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... B&E Meats and Seafood, your neighborhood butcher with four locations to serve you in Des Moines. Birion, Newcastle, and the top of Queen Anne Hill. Unique products, great meats, the freshest seafood, and a knowledgeable, friendly staff make shopping at B&E Meats and Seafood the best choice. Hi, I'm Josh from Capitol Hill. I can't make up my mind what my favorite place is yet. Hi, this is Tony from Mantle and Cellars, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Back on the Seattle Dining Show, and we're doing an extended interview section here with Joel Cameron from Sir Latob. And uh, so, Connie, go ahead and pick up where we left off there. All right. Well, I'm going to turn us toward gift ideas mm. because, um, you know, the holidays are coming after yeah. Christmas or uh, hostess gifts, things yes, like that. Yes, yes. And also, while you're talking about these things, new stuff, I, I noticed down at the Pike Place Market store one time there were some. Aprons for little kids yes. that were so adorable. So don't leave them out just because maybe they're not quite foodies yet. Yeah, there may yeah. be some stuff going on. So I, there's first of all, I don't think there's ever been a time. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong that kids are cooking more. They are cooking. They're more. cooking so much. There's all these amazing shows. They that are need to them. because their parents won't cook for them. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um, so we have an amazing kids camp coming up, mm. and you have an option. You can do a three day kids camp, a two day, or a five day. So whatever you're kind of around. I know a lot of people have vacation plans. The kids camp's amazing. It takes them all over the world. You know, day one is going to be Asia. Day two is Mexico, and they really learn how oh, to make fun. the food from scratch. Wow. So that's a lot of fun. Now, do I think the, the parent do this with them, or do they just drop them off every day? You drop them off, baby. Wow. <laughs> we take care of them. That's called like win-win. Yeah, yeah. And then the best is like the parents come the next day, and they can't believe that their kid actually made what they made in, in uh, cooking cooking school for them at home. Wow. It's pretty cool to hear. So that is what I would get uh, your kid, especially yeah. if they're into cooking. What's the age range on that? What's that? Age, age range? range? We do 8 to 12 for kids, and mm-hmm. we do 13 to 17 for teens. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, so we split those up. We challenge the teens a little bit more. Um, so that's what I would do for kids along with those cute aprons yeah. you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, for, like, a really cute, like, good hostess gift, we have amazing hot chocolate, like, the best Ooh. hot chocolate and unbelievable bark, like, salted caramel bark by Joe's oh, in Los wow. Angeles. We spend 
we've spent years on developing this bark. It is so addictive. Wow. It's insane. So I know that's very holiday to bring over a little gift. But I'll yeah. say something. If you have something that you need to be more subsp- substantial in the gift giving, mm-hmm. have you ever heard of Coravin? That's not the uh, wine thing. It is. It? Yes. Oh, my gosh. This is going to blow your mind. If you personal? Ha- What's that? A personal size? It's a personal size. Oh so what God. you do is is if you have a really expensive bottle of wine, you don't want to open it, right? Because yeah. you want to save it for a wedding or a baby shower. Yeah. You can use this device and get the wine out of the bottle without cracking the cork. Yes. So oh, you can, okay. Yes, I know what we're Isn't that interesting? It's yeah. really in right now. We're seeing a lot of buzz around it, and I think it's a really cool present idea. It's a little needle-like thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It uses yeah. this technology and sucks it out. It's pretty cool. You can taste wines without, you know, uh, yeah. I'll keep preserving them, basically. You have to leave yeah. it in there when you're, when you're done using it, or you, can you pull it out? You pull it out. It doesn't puncture we'll the cork. You won't get any air up in the... Nope. Okay. How Isn't does that cool? it actually get through the cork without puncturing it? Connie, that's called science, and I'm a chef, so I don't know. <laughs> I, <'Cause> it, <laughs> clearly, I'm confused. I used one of those at my house, the plastic bag would leak after I pulled it out. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, it's pretty foolproof. It's easy to use, and people adore it. So I would check that out. Corvin. Corvin. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, what, you had some questions for Joel, too. Well, I was going to suggest, uh, you know, a lot of people have crappy uh, utensils in their kitchen. Mm. What, what should we be replacing to make better food with? Like What are, like, the key items that everyone needs in their kitchen that... That they probably chintzed on. Yes. <laughs> I think like like cookie sheets. Cookie they sheets. They warp. You know, the cheap ones warp when they're in the oven. Totally. And I think that's a great like, one. And then like if you have any oil on there and it's all warped and you go to pull it to turn it or whatever and all of a sudden the oil comes out yep. onto your burner in the oven and now you got a kitchen fire. We can be honest. This, He's yeah, talking this is about really me. honest. This is really He's honest. talking to me. Are you serious? <laughs> he replaced all my cookie <laughs> sheets last year for Christmas. <laughs> No, a cookie sheet's a good one. I can tell you nine out of ten people have terrible knives that they got for their wedding. Yeah, I agree with you. So upgrade your knife. And if you're going to get three knives, chef knife, serrated knife, and paring knife. Those are the ones. Everything else is if you're really into cooking. But those are the three got to invest in. I love a good mandolin. Do you guys use mandolins? Yeah. You know, I have it, and I don't use it very often, but I need to use it to get better at it. Yeah, it's, it. you know, if you're trying to eat healthier, it's amazing for shaved salads. So you don't have to always eat lettuce all the time. You can shave radishes and oh, yeah. use carrots oh, okay. and have really delicate salads. So I love a mandolin. It's something to invest in. And, you know, no one has a good um, box grater. I know. They always get, like... You know, the cheapest box grader they can find. Get a microplane. Do you know what a microplane yes, is? Yes, I have I've one. I've got yeah. one. Oh, they're like... And I actually still have all my skin left after having bought one. <laughs> <laughs> they're lost, sharp, man. They're I lost sharp. some nails. It's true. Yeah, you lost some nails. They're, they're safe, though. And honestly, once you use them, you guys can agree, you yeah. just don't go back. They're 15 bucks. Great yeah. for lemon zest, for chocolate, yeah. for you know, cheese, everything like that. And, and by the way, I, I am talking about how you could shred your fingers on a thing, and hopefully you would never would. <laughs> but when you store it, it comes with its own plastic sheath, so you can cover over those uh, exactly. blades or whatever yeah. we call them. Exactly. exactly. It's one of those things that when you use it, it's like, oh. Yep. I see. That's how it's done. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you one more here, that everyone has cheap um, nonstick pants. Yes. I don't know why. Yeah. But we have nonstick pans. It's really top. Green pan along with scan pan. Uh, both you can use metal utensils on. Both are oh. dishwasher safe. Both can go in the oven up to 500 degrees. 
And mainly with nonstick pans, you don't get the crispy color that you get with a stainless pan, like an all-clad. Uh-huh. With these, you get amazing sear, incredible color. So I would invest Ooh. in a nonstick pan. And who makes these? Scan pan Scan and green pan, pan yeah. Because huh. we got, uh, I got both of us uh, Wusthof sets last year mm. that are ceramic. Oh, nice, yeah. And I don't, I haven't been wanting to bang them with any metal. <laughs> uh, so I've got all my, my nice uh, Tavolo... Yeah, uh, uh, you know spatulas, yeah. right, and, right, and all that, and uh, they're working out really good. And I do get a nice crisp on the meat when I put it in there. In fact, I just used it today to do some chicken apple sausage at breakfast, and nice. I was noticing how it was getting a nice crisp on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their their technology is getting better with nonstick. Yeah, I think that's part of it too. It was like the big thing when I started cooking. I've got my own apartment and stuff, so it was like, oh, nonstick is so easy. Oh my gosh, but, for cleanup uh, too, because I yeah. hate cleanup. Oh, I don't. That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cooking's fun. Clean exactly. Up. Yeah. I love oh, it. Um, what else do we need to know from Joel today? Uh, what are some of the things that uh, people have around the house that you just throw them in the garbage can? Because they're never using them. Or <laughs> he is going on it. I love that. You mean like tool-wise? Yeah, tool-wise. You know, sometimes when you when you live in the same place for a while, your kitchen ends up getting like overloaded. Yeah, yeah. I would say, okay. Oh, gosh, I'm gonna get. We're standing in Sir Latab, and I'm saying this, but <laughs> I love a multi-use tool. So I'm not gonna yeah. throw any tools under the bus. But I will tell you, if you have a tool at home that does one job. I think it could find the trash can. Yes. Yeah. I'm a yes. multi – I look at a tool. I want it to do multi things in the kitchen for me unless it's very specific like a cherry pitter. Yes. You know what I mean? And that does really help. But um, for the most part, I look for multi tools. So if you have Good one point. tool, it's something I would probably get rid of. But, but if you've got a really part, nice micro-plane grater, you could probably chuck your carrot grater or something like that. You yeah, know? yeah. You see, there's still a need for a box grater if you want a bigger cut. But I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. If you have the microplane, I would say that there's – yeah, I think what's, what we're all about at Sir Todd is you don't need everything. Just invest in quality because you won't mm-hmm. need a ton if you yeah. have a, you know, a really beautiful nonstick pan. You don't need 15 others that yeah. are new or – you know, if you have a beautiful one, it will stay good for a long time and it will do very well by you. But, I, you know, I also – I'm not big on small – Pans. I like really big pans, oh, especially. Really? I think right now, cooking in one pan is really in and a big yeah. thing. Especially. Oh yeah, you see all these magazines and all these cookbooks yeah. and one pan meals. That's huge right now. Yeah. So I I say keep those and the smaller pans can find the trash. Oh really? Even <laughs> now, see, because we live separately, so it's like sometimes you're making one egg. And if it's one egg, I mean, even a one egg, if you're going to get a bigger skillet, you can fry one egg and a yeah, big skillet. But if you have company over, your toast. Yeah, you're not going to use that little one. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm not saying you've got to throw it away, but I, I think it can find the back of the cupboard. Yeah. What do you think about thermometers? Oh, huge. We have a new thermometer. I'm trying to remember who makes it. But I, you know, everyone thinks as a chef you can feel meat and know when it's done. No. You can't. Thank you. He's been fighting against this for years. He said, get the thumb off my dinner. You can say whatever you want. (laughs) Use a thermometer. Make sure it's an instant read. We have a thermocouple, which means it's very instant. It's an unbelievable price. It's 99 bucks, And honestly, it tells you within the degree why that matters is, I think it's like I've measured it before, and it's a fact. For every, like, 
five seconds, your oven is open, you lose like 30 degrees. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. There's a lot of heat. So you've got to tempt something fast. If right. you're tempting a turkey or anything, it's got to go in, you've got to see the temperature, and then close the oven. I like the the instant read that you stick in the bird with the wire coming out of yeah. it. And oh, then that's hardcore. sitting on top of the oven, and yep. I can watch that thing, and I never have to open the oven door the whole time. Yep, I hear Whether that. it's lamb, prime rib, bird, whatever it is. When it's in there, it's in there. I hear that. So curious, what are like the key things that you cook in Thanksgiving? And I, I want to try and match up a tool that I think would oh. be a game changer for you. You know, honestly, at Thanksgiving, we have been going back and forth between cutting up a bird mm. and cooking it that way or doing that recipe that you have that's turkey cutlets with orange zest. Mm. And oh, yeah, that's nice. What else is in there? It's really pine nuts. Uh-huh. That sounds good. It's a kind of Currents. Sicilian. Currants, pine nuts, shallots, a little vinegar. And you get this, you know, beautiful tray of cutlets that's That's got the orange color on it. It's it's really nice. Sounds healthy, too. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, because it's all all breast. That's nice. See, that would be great for a nonstick pan. Yeah. Yeah. I would also suggest a fish spatula. Do you guys have one of those? A I don't, fish spatula? I don't think I yeah. do. Uh-uh. So it's a, it's a spatula that has creases in it so the fat can drip between it, but also yeah. it's very flexible. And it's called a fish spatula because it's delicate when you lift fish out of the pan it with it. Ah, so okay. things like turkey breasts and things like that, instead of shredding it with tongs, uh-huh. use this fish oh, yeah. spatula. It's so it's so a wide spatula? It. Yeah, it's a yeah. wide spatula, mm-hmm. and chefs adore it. Some, some of them won't cook without it. So oh, okay. definitely hmm. something worth it. Yeah. 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 At Christmas, we tend to go like, Prime rib one night and lobster one night. Oh, yeah. Lobster? Lobster. You like to go really? crab sometimes. Well, we do crab, yeah. Dungeness crab. Yeah, I was about to say lobster in Seattle. You got the Dungeness crabs. I know. Well, you got to mix it up, you know. <laughs> Little East Coast. <laughs> Little East Coast. I love it. No, you guys do it right. Yeah. What's your do. prime rib recipe? How do you guys do it? Uh, pretty simple rub. Usually use uh, it's it's I, I, I'm not going to say it's my rub. I use a, a recipe from Tom Douglas, although mm. I'm going to do it different this year. But uh, it'll be uh, some some rosemary and some mustard mm. and some garlic uh, rubbed on, and then uh, just bring it up to what about one thirty, one thirty five. Pull it, let it rest, yep. and then slice it up and enjoy. But um, you yep. know, I'm I'm really eating a lot more grass fed. Type beef, so I'm going to be going to PCC and picking up a grass-fed prime rib this year. Yeah, you are. It makes a big difference in flavor to the 10th degree, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And if you're intimidated by cooking prime rib, we have prime rib cooking classes in December. Oh, Because ah. that's a big honking piece of meat, as It's you an expensive know. thing. You yeah, know, you so don't want to mess it up. You don't yeah. want to mess it up. And that's another one. You want it in the oven. You don't want to be opening the door back and forth to check it. Exactly. So. Exactly. That's one with your thermometer where you have it kind of peeking out of the oven. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. 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 Well, that sounds good. I, I'm still waiting for my invite, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll trade yeah. you as a free cooking class <clears throat> gift certificate for a slice of prime rib. Yeah. That seems so fair. <laughs> well, now that you're moving back. Yeah. See? I'm, I missed it here. The food scene's changed. I mean, what do you guys think? Is the food scene unbelievable right now here in Seattle? Well, you know, earlier today, our, we always start out with a monthly discussion, mm. and you were in your meeting, so you didn't hear any of that, but. I saw this restaurant association interview with like 1,300 restaurants or chefs, and they got the hot trends. And they were all stuff that's been happening here for years. And mm. I was, I'm like, I don't know if it's just that I'm so proud of Seattle, I don't see it. 
but or they're way behind the times. What's but, the ex- an example? Well, they were talking about um, sustainable seafood. Oh yeah, street food. Yeah, heirloom um, vegetables and fruits. Yes. I, I think that in uh, uh, Kansas they're just starting to get the heirloom tomatoes right now. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Maybe that's why. I, I think you're right, though. I think there's a piece to you that's right. <laughs> but they were talking about new cuts of meat, which is usually it's we've been seeing it a lot over the last probably four years. It's less expensive cuts yeah. that chefs are doing a better job with. Yep. So they're more tender, um, but not as expensive. Totally. And, you know, that's not new. That was not new in 2017. So I think the, I think we are kind of on it in I terms of trends here and couldn't agree more. The scene. No, I tell you, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna brine a flank steak for 24 hours and then I'm gonna put it in a sous vide for 24 hours. It should <laughs> come out Lord. tender. <laughs> that will melt in your mouth. Well, what do you see differently? I mean, do you? I would think New York would be, you know, foodie haven. But are you? Yeah. You're seeing. So New York and Seattle. Seattle does Asian food about oh. forty thousand times better than New York. Oh. New York does Italian food about a hundred times better than Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you know, it's, it makes sense. We're closer to Asia. They're closer to Europe. But um, it's simple. They're a little bit more old school in the way that they serve and in the way that the experience rolls out. Seattle, I feel like, is really simple in that regard. And a lot of the places are, you know, really, really like, you know, don't touch the table too much and just kind of let you be. In New York, it's more rushed and more of an event. Mm-hmm. Um, but Seattle has come a long way. Matt Dillon, Renee Erickson, all these amazing chefs, yeah. Ethan Stoll. Uh, and man. I want to see one of them pop an Asian restaurant that works because, like, I, I kind of got to disagree with you when you say the Asian food. I think that may be so when you're talking Thai food or something or like Japanese. that. But when you talk about specifically Chinese food uh, in yeah. Seattle, yeah. It's, it's two thumbs down That's true. right now. And what we don't have is we don't have a, a good, authentic Chinese restaurant that everybody's flocking to. And we also don't have a good kind of a, a, a fusion Chinese. like a, You know, remember uh, San Francisco used to have China Moon. Mm. And that was awesome food that that they, I don't think they have that restaurant anymore but um, we don't we don't have one on either side of the spectrum right now that's interesting for Chinese you're right Vancouver does Chinese right yeah, yeah. yeah. they do Chinese right but but you're right Japanese is what we own Vietnamese we do really well um, but you know unless it's a Chinese chef it's pretty tough for one of these big guys to step up and do something like that yeah my I mean, opinion. you know, if someone like Ethan Stoll or somebody was going to step up and do it, they might expect that they might get poo-pooed by yeah. the authentic yeah. people. But, well, hey, if it's good and there's a line out the door, what the heck? Go yeah, for Andy Ricker did it with Pock Pock in Portland. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, he's a local United States guy and, and serving authentic Thai food. So I think you can do it, but you have to really dedicate yourself to the recipes. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, overall, I think the food scene here is unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, good. I think so. Yeah. What do you know much about LA? I mean, that always seems to be another foodie thing, and I don't. Yeah. I haven't had great food in LA, really. It's the most emerging food okay. town there is right now. Oh, okay. yeah, they're they're building out downtown LA in a new way. They're investing a ton in it, and uh, some of the chefs there are doing some amazingly crazy, inventive oh. stuff. One thing about Seattle that I think with the food dining scene is there's not a lot of risks taken here. And, and then when they do get taken here, they get poo-pooed very fast. Yeah. Yeah, like, remember when molecular gastronomy, like, eight, nine years ago was a big thing? And someone tried to open a molecular gastronomy restaurant here, and it lasted, like, six months. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Yep. But in Chicago, that's a linea. It's like, 
it, it lives there. So yeah. we like what we like, and in L.A., they're more open. So I think there's some cooler stuff happening there. Hmm. But I'm still a Pacific Northwest guy. I think we still do it right yeah. and keep it simple. Yep. It's yeah. funny because I lived in L.A., you know, in the Wolfgang Puck era. And uh, and there was some really great restaurants, but it's true they were mostly all traditional. Yeah, nobody was really taking a chance on anything. Yeah, now they're taking risks. I hope that we start taking risks. And you know, Jonathan Gold. Have you guys seen that documentary that he did um, yeah. about? So obviously, the very famous food writer from L.A. He discovered all these hole in the walls. These amazing ethnic hole in the walls. And I want someone here. Maybe it's you guys. Yeah. To really take us around town because I think Seattle has unbelievable hole in the walls. Probably Chinese too that we don't even think of. Mm-hmm. Um, places on Beacon Hill are opening up. All these, even Georgetown that just you didn't even know. There's a Hawaiian restaurant two blocks from here. Yeah, yeah down the road here. There's so about beautiful. There's six Hawaiian restaurants in Seattle. It's like <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So there's all these great stuff, but someone needs to be talking about them as opposed to the big guys. Yeah, and uh, that's where I think people should start being flocking to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Joel, it was so fun to have you on today. This has been really great. Thanks for in- including me and happy yeah. holidays. Happy holidays. We'll be talking soon. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we got some tips and tricks. Stick around. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Petra Mediterranean Bistro. Take a journey to Greece, Lebanon, Jordan, and the North Shore of Africa by way of Belltown as you dine in a welcoming atmosphere and experience the hospitality the Chef Call provides. Need a quick bite? Drop into the attached cafe or shop for authentic flavors in the adjoining store. Visit PetraBistro.com for more information. Hi, my name is Christina and I live in Redmond, Washington. One of my favorite places to go in Seattle is La Toulouse Petite. And it's so amazing for Cajun. It's just amazing and they have tapas and drinks and you can be there for hours and it's amazing. Hello, this is Kevin Lance from Lance Cellars. You're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Thank you, Joel, for being here. That was just great to talk to him about all that's going on. And in his honor, we're you know we're ending the show with some tips like we usually do. And so, in Sir Latab's honor, I'm going to just say one of a great gadget tip is to buy your gadgets for holidays after the holiday. This is like one of those hot new food trends. It's like everybody knows this. This, this is, like is not buying new. Your Christmas lights in January, exactly. right? Exactly. Okay. So right now, Sir Latab has some Halloween things like an owl baking mold. Normally ten dollars, it's three. And for you, Fox cookie cookie cutter. Three ninety nine. Wait a second. An owl baking mold. Yeah. So can, do people actually bake owls for no, Halloween? No, that's only in the Harry Potter series. This is actually oh. just like some cookies or something like this. But the Fox cookie cutter is for. I think your cat Fox. For my cat Fox. Our executive producer Fox would like yep. that for three ninety nine. Um but in addition, right now they've got a huge sale on and there's um their platinum professional pie dish, which who couldn't use one of those during the holidays, nine inches. It's less than ten bucks. It's normally nineteen. Hmm. So they've got some good deals on right now and, and as I said, you know, Totally my idea. No one's ever thought of it before. Yep. Buy this stuff right after the holiday. Yep. Right and then you mark your calendar it. to go in and, uh, you know, 
uh, November 27th or whatever day it is, the day after Thanksgiving, and purchase all your uh, turkey carving stuff and all that yeah. cheap. And, and then, then mark your calendar for you know December 26th. Yeah. And then um, have a sheet of paper that you put someplace where you absolutely will not forget where it is and remind yourself that you bought all that stuff because next year you won't remember. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, holidays is when a lot of families will travel. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we travel to Hawaii about it once every couple of years, and we always end up getting stuff and throwing tons of our groceries away at the end of the week. And so my trip, my tip is when you plan your trip. It's called your trip tip. <laughs> Say it five times. Uh, to uh, make yourself a little care package and either pay to get it onto the plane or ship it to yourself. So we're going to go to Hawaii, and I'm going to ship myself some of my favorite olive oils, uh, the the infused balsamics, um, uh, instant read thermometer, all the stuff you can't carry onto the plane unless you unless you check it, um, and uh, things like oatmeal. You know why go buy three four dollars for a whole thing of oatmeal that you're mm-hmm. never going to eat the whole thing. So just uh, ship it to yourself, and then if you got any leftovers, go ahead and ship them back. So what are you in for, like, 25 bucks now? Yeah, and you've place. saved how much from not buying? Yeah, I mean, you, you know. ship it USPS priority in a regional box or some kind of a flat rate box, and, and uh, yeah, you saved yourself all that money on the other side of just watching yourself throw food away. Yeah, that feels better. All right, it is time to wrap up for November. Thanks for joining us on the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Just visit seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. Again, Tom has made it easy. Oh, yeah. And we want you to dine safe, dine well, and dine out often. And don't forget to dine at home every once in a while, too. (laughs) We'll see you next month. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media. It may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music of Fremont Icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Doghouse, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine, online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the seattle dining show